Let's grab our Bibles and let's go into a time of the Word. And you guys can start my timer. And turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33 in the New King James Version says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. The NIV Version says, For God is not a God of disorder, someone say disorder, but of peace as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. The New Living Translation also tells us that he is not a God of disorder. I want to let you know this morning, in case you didn't know already, that we serve a God of order and not of confusion. And though the context of the scripture that we just read is in reference to order within the church setting, I want to show each and every one of us today how God wants us to have order in our individual lives by sharing with you a message I've entitled this morning, Create Order, Create Order. So do me a favor, turn to two or three people around you and tell them, Create Order. One of the greatest gifts you can give yourself this year is the gift of order. Throughout the word of God, we see notable characters who understood the importance of creating order. We also see a God and Jesus demonstrate order for us to learn from and follow suit. For example, when you read Genesis 1, we know that God created the heavens and the earth. During this process, we see God putting things in order. For example, he creates the light in the midst of darkness, then puts light and darkness in their place with night and day. He creates the firmament, then he divides it under and above. He puts the water under the heavens into one place. He creates the earth and he fills the earth with herbs and fruits. He didn't just create, he created spaces and then filled those spaces with appropriate things and that's what we call order. Also, when we read about God creating the heavens and the earth, we see that everything moves from disorder to order, which shows us that creativity can be enhanced or stifled by order or disorder. In fact, in theology, for those of you who are familiar, you might have come across the term of the gap theory. The gap theory suggests that there was a disorderly world that was created by God prior to the world that we are living in, that was destroyed, that was scrapped, that was reformed into the world that we are now living in now. That God went from disorder and chaos to order. Also, you will note from looking at the book of Genesis, an interesting and familiar saying that is found in quite a few verses over and over and over again. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 5, Verses 8, verses 13, verses 19. You don't have to go there. That'll be too quick for you. Verses 23 and verses 31. There is a familiar saying that goes like this. 
So the evening and morning were. So the evening and morning were. So the evening and morning were. The day goes from evening to morning. This is key because in the Hebrew, the word evening is ireb. And ireb means mixture. It means confusion or disorder. Someone say disorder. The Hebrew word for morning is a word called bakur. It means clarity. It means break forth. It means order. Someone say order. So in God's economy, things go from evening to day. They go from disorder to order. Weeping may enjoy, endure for a night. Joy comes what? In the morning. It goes from disorder to order. The only reason why God was able to tell man to be fruitful is because order had been established. I want to tell you this morning that in order for you to be fruitful in your life, you're going to have to establish some order in your life. And God led the way from day one in showing us the importance of creating order. Likewise, in the same way that we see a God of order, we also see how orderly Jesus was when he was here on earth from looking at the scriptures. After all, we're talking about a Jesus who specifically chose 12 disciples, but when he sent them out, sent them out two by two. Someone say order. This is the same Jesus who, when he was feeding the 5,000, I don't know if you noticed or not, but oftentimes when we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000, we almost, or sometimes a lot of the time, overlook the fact that Jesus had them sit down in groups of 50 before the food was shared. Order. Irrespective of the fact that it was late at night, irrespective of the fact that it was 5,000, not including women and children, irrespective of the fact that there was no big screen with announcements, there was no microphone, Jesus said, irrespective of that, there needs to be order before you can get the blessing. There needs to be order before you can receive. An item, an item in and of itself needs to be ordered before it's delivered. In your life, I've realized that before God delivers, he requires order. Before God gives, he requires order in your life. Lest we forget, this was the same Jesus who was so orderly, so orderly that he was never in a rush or a haste to get somewhere. You never read about Jesus being late. You never read about Jesus being out of breath. You never read about Jesus being in a hurry because he was so orderly. So orderly that even when he was dying, when he was on the cross being crucified, he took a moment to look down and even organize his family in the midst of his death. He said to Mary, uh, Mary, this is your, your son, John, yeah, that's your son. And he said, John, here's your mother. Even in the midst of his chaos, he was still creating order. Lest we forget, this is the same Jesus that when he rose from the grave, before he left the grave, took time to go back and fold his clothes before leaving the grave. Ask the person next to you, did you even fold your bed or your clothes this morning? And so there are a couple of things you need to know about order that I want to bring to your attention today, this morning, should you be taking notes. Here's number one. Number one, creating order must be intentional. 
Creating order must be intentional. Most things left in their natural state will deteriorate, will decay. It's called the law of entropy. Most things left in its state will decay. If I had a fresh banana this morning in front of me, if I just left it here and came back days, weeks, months, years later, that thing is going to be rotten. I have to do the best that I can within its lifespan to preserve it for when I'm ready to consume it. If we're going to see order in our life, we must be intentional about order. Because left to our natural state, things will end up disorderly. Even in the height of the pandemic, the most luxury hotels and Airbnb accommodations still had cleaners go in and clean their rooms and the property, even though no one was allowed to use it. Because they understood that even though the rooms are left untouched, it's only a matter of time before dust collects and forms itself. And so they ensure that so there's not so much dust when we're ready to open up again. We need to continue to main maintain the thing even though it's not being used. If you are not intentional about creating order, the natural direction for you, unfortunately, will be disorder. And I've come to realize that when you don't create order in your life, when you don't put things in their place, you end up wasting time trying to organize, trying to please, trying to sort, trying to do or find things as a result of that disorder. And I'll give you some examples with just some simple everyday things, okay? I'll give you some examples. Listen to this. New research reveals that scatterbrained Brits spend a staggering 110 days of their lives looking for lost objects. The data also shows that the UK population collectively misplaced around 7.9 billion items each year. Whilst permanently lost items cost us an average of 78 pounds each year. Topping the list of items lost at home each year, any guesses? Socks, keys, bank cards. Topping the list, ladies and gentlemen, is the remote control. Followed by glasses. Followed by keys and mobile phones. Followed by socks and underwear. Followed by mobile phone chargers. And also wallets are up there on the list. The research by Privilege Insurance also found that we spend a staggering six and a half days of our lifetime simply searching for the remote control. That's almost a whole week of our lifetime. Can you imagine if you came back next sun Sunday and somebody asked you, oh, how's your week been? What have you been up to? I spent the whole week looking for the remote control <laughs> without sleeping from when I left <laughs> to when I came back. Men, it seems are also more forgettable outside of the home. 
admitting to misplacing their bags an average of five times per year, whilst for women, it's just once. That's because women are like, I can't lose that bag. My whole life is in that bag. Women will lose things within the bag itself. I asked Esther the other day when we went out on Friday for our date night, and she was carrying a bag. I said, where are you traveling to? Like, what's, what do you need that's in that bag? But women are prepared for everything. And so, the same applies for men when it comes to their wallet and their money, misplacing them around five times a year, whilst women lose these items just twice. And all the women said, Amen. However... When it comes to misplacing items in the home, women spend more time looking for their bank card. I wonder why. Because they don't want to pay for anything, that's why. They also spend more time looking for their passport, an average of 22 minutes compared to men, an average of 15 minutes who clearly just want to get away as soon as possible. Not to mention the amount of time that we waste looking for other items not mentioned on that list. The amount of time we waste even trying to remember where we parked our cars. I will never forget the day I came out of my house one morning onto my landing and I was so confused. <laughs> because I looked over and I did not see my car but I had my car key in my hand. And I was convinced that my car was stolen, but I couldn't understand why, when, or how, considering I had the key in my hand, only to remember 10 minutes later that I intended to do a big shop the previous day. So I had driven to the supermarket, parked up my car on the side, went into the supermarket, only bought a couple of items, and walked home. <laughs> Leaving my car at the supermarket. What a waste of time. And if time is money, I wouldn't even want to calculate how much money we lose looking for things because of a lack of order. Not to mention money we actually spend on things like pay, late payment charges, car tickets, and the like. But remember, remember I said when you don't put things in their place or in place, you end up wasting time trying to organize or find these things. Now listen to this. If the examples I just gave you, okay, if that's the effect of disorder on day-to-day -day items with things, right, I can't imagine how much chaos can be created in our careers in our relationships, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our homes, in our spiritual lives, in our emotional health, in our mental health, amongst many other things as a result of disorder in these areas in our lives. When we fail to create appropriate spaces for things and people in our lives, those boundaries get crossed and that leads to disorder in our lives. Tell the person next to you, create order. This is why we must not overlook the importance of creating orders in our life. Because disorder is just too costly. It's just too 
costly. And how many of you know that you can have good things, but without order, without intentionality, or without containment, can find yourself disorderly? Fire is good when it's contained. Uncontained, it's dangerous. Water is good when it's contained. Uncontained, it can be dangerous. Dating relationships, someone say, uh huh. Someone say, relationship matters. Dating relationships can be good when contained and within specific boundaries. But when certain parameters are broken or crossed, they can be dangerous. Here are some areas that you may need to consider that may need order in your life. In no specific order, I'm just going to run through them very quickly. Number one, these are areas you need to create order in in your life. Number one, your physical and mental environment. Your physical and mental environment. A toxic physical or mental environment will leave you fatigued and unproductive. It's so important that you have order in your physical and mental environment, literally and metaphorically. Whether it's literally because your environment itself is a physical mess, or whether it's literally because the people around you are not helping you mentally or spiritually. It's so important that you reflect on that and create order. Second area that you need order within in your life is in your relationships. Are you spending too little time in profitable ones and too much time in unprofitable ones? Third area that you need order in is in your finances. How much do you own? How much do you owe? What are your goals? What is your net worth, which is how much you have minus all of your assets and the like, all your debts and your liability and the like? What is your net worth? How long could you live without employment? This was a discussion that me and some of my friends had one time over dinner. If your income was to stop today, how long would it take you to get to broke? Two years? A year? Six months? Three months? Some of you are looking at me like, PK is peak, you know. <laughs> if I don't get my next salary, I'm done. How long will it take you? Another area that you need to create order in is when it comes to the use of your time. If there's one thing you cannot get back, it is time. This is why the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, to redeem the time. And I've told you before that the word redeem there is a Greek word called exagerazo. It means do not waste time. It means hurry up. It means be conscious with your time. Be intentional with your time. And a fifth area that you need to create order in, of course, is in godly and spiritual matters. You, in, you need to ensure that there is order in your spiritual walk, whether it's order when it comes to your church attendance, serving, giving, quiet time with God. There are so many people who are like, I don't have time for quiet time. You're never going to find time. You have to create the time and you have to make the time a priority. And that's what it means when it comes to being intentional about creating order. Now, those are just a few areas that I put out there. Maybe it's these areas for you. Maybe there are other areas you need to reflect on in which you need to create order. That's fine. Either which way, let me remind you that you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. So you cannot continue to behave the way you are if there is disorder in your life and think that just because it's a new year, things are going to change. It doesn't work like that. So please reflect on the areas that need order in your life and how you are going to create order and what order looks like 
in those areas. Now, I mentioned that order must be intentional. Number two, order creates flow. Someone say, order creates flow. You didn't say it like you meant it. Say, order creates flow. Now, order must be intentional, but let me also add that order also brings flow. This is because order is about creating structure, and where there's structure, there will be flow. And we see this in the word of God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man, someone say structure, of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Someone say flow. In Exodus chapter 40, verses 34, it says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting. Someone say structure. The tabernacle of meeting was a structure. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Someone say flow. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Someone say structure. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In other words, it will flow. Someone say flow. Our opening scripture spoke about structure in the church. Why did the Apostle Paul speak about structure within the church in 1 Corinthians? So that the services could flow. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10, it says, And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, someone say structure, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Someone say flow. Your body, in and of itself, is skeletal, which is structure, but it's also cardiovascular, which is flow in life structure and flow are the key and where there's order is because there's structure and that structure leads to flow now think about this solomon was a wise man and as a result of his wisdom which i already told you to ask god for in the second week of january as a result of this wisdom he was able to create order in his life and he was able to create structure that would lead to flow. I want you to look at 1 Kings chapter 10, and I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards, and I want you to notice something interesting in the scripture. It says, Now when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a great retinue, with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones, and when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. Verse 4. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon. Let's stop there for a moment. We know that the queen of Sheba heard the wisdom, we just read that. We know that Solomon answered all her questions. But how did she see his wisdom? What is it that she saw that she labeled as wise? Well, let's continue to read that verse. It says, and when the Queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, listen to this, the house that he built, someone say structure, the food on his table, someone say flow, which continues because it says the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. That represents his relationship with God. There was no more spirit in her. 
Solomon had structure that led to flow, that led to order in his life. Verse 6, then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. This is also key because many people when they read this story, they think that what Sheba heard was enough for her to determine that Solomon was wise. But actually, it's not what she heard. We know this because verse 7 says this. However, I did not believe the words. Are you seeing this? She said, I didn't believe the words. I heard what you said and you answered all my questions, but I did not believe the words until I came and what? Saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. She heard and that was one thing. But she really didn't believe until she saw the wisdom for herself. What did she see that determined that Solomon was wise? She saw that order was paramount in Solomon's life. She saw that Solomon had order in his home. He had order in his work. He had order in his career. He had order in his relationships. He had order in his relationship with God. And she saw that and said, I know what you said is one thing, but I've seen it with my own eyes, and I know you're wise. In other words, you can preach to me a good sermon, but if you're not living it, that's two different things. You can be very intellectual. You can be re really philo philosophical. That's all great. I can believe everything that you want to convince me with. But Sheba said, uh-uh, I want to see it with my own eyes. Let me tell you something, people. Don't tell me you're orderly. If you're orderly, I will see it. You don't have to tell me you're orderly. If you have order, if you have structure, if you have flow in your life, it will be visible to you and more important, visible to others, and more importantly, it will be beneficial to you. Tell the person next to you, create order. And so, if you are wise enough to take on board what I've shared with you about being intentional, about creating order, if you create boundaries and containment for certain areas in your life, this structure will lead to flow, and that flow will lead to change. It will lead to fruitfulness, it will lead to productivity, and it will lead to peace. The structure will create order, and that order will lead to that flow that will be visible to others, as I mentioned a few moments ago, but more importantly, beneficial to you. And so as we get ready to close today, I want to give you a minute or two to reflect on what has been shared this morning. And the way I want you to do that is to take just the next two minutes or so to discuss with the person or people around you what physical, mental, and or spiritual areas in your life you need to create order in if in any. What physical, mental, and or spiritual areas in your life do you need to create order in if in any? And so we're going to put a couple of minutes up on the screen. I want you to go ahead and discuss that. Then we're going to come back together and close our service. So please go ahead and discuss with the person or the people around you what physical, mental, and spiritual and or spiritual areas in your life do you need to create order in. For those of you joining us online, the question applies to you also. Feel free 
to put your comments online so that we can see them. The question is, what physical, mental, and or spiritual areas in your life do you need to create order in? So for those of you watching online, feel free to put your comments in the chat box so that I can see them and respond accordingly. What physical, mental and or spiritual areas in your life do you need to create order in, if in any? Just one more minute. Just 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. And as you begin to wrap up your conversations in these last few seconds, we will get ready to close our service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I always say, guys, you don't need to be in a rush to go after service. It is also Refreshment Sunday, so feel free to continue those conversations at the back after service as well. Sometimes sharing with others is good because it also somewhat holds you accountability, accountable rather, for the areas that you said you need order in. Maybe for you it was one area, maybe for some of you it was like Pastor K, all of them need to be reordered. Either which way, if you want to excel in 2022, if you want to excel in life as a whole, please make sure that you are intentional about creating order as you go forward in your life. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I want you to think about those, mo those areas that you just discussed with the people around you that you said you wanted to create order in. And I want to give you a moment right now as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed just to speak to God about those areas in which you desire to see order and ask him to give you the wisdom, just like Solomon and other notable characters in the Bible that I could have showed you if we had more time that created order and structure in their lives so that they could see that flow in every area of their life, including in their relationship with God. And so I just want to give you a moment to pray to God right this morning in your seats with your heads bowed about those areas in which you want to see order. Begin to speak to him. Begin to mention them. Ask him to guide you to be the light and lamp unto your feet and unto your path about those specific areas where you need to see order. If you're here and you're saying, Lord, I need order in the soundness of my mind, in my mental well-being, I need order. 
go ahead and say that right now. Because he said he did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Maybe you need order in your friendships, your relationships. Maybe you've had some relational breakdowns. You just want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. To God and rule your heart, just say, Lord, right now I need order. Because you are a God of order, not of confusion, not of disorder. You're a God of peace. I need order in these relationships. I need order in my friendship. I need order in my house. Joshua said, as for me, my household, we shall serve the Lord. Maybe you've grown weary thinking that certain things are never going to change in your household. Thinking that you have the inability to change and create order within specific things in your life. Just right now, ask God to move in those areas that you cannot move and to move in the hearts of others that you cannot reach. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to pray for you if you're here today, this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you are in the auditorium or you're watching online. I also want to pray for you if you are here or again watching online, and it's not that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you know that your relationship with God is not in order. It is not right. It's not where it should be or how it should be. And you want to make a decision on this very first Sunday of this new month, having just completed the first month of a new year, to not continue in the same way as you have done previously, but actually to make a decision to create order in your relationship with God so that you can be right standing with him and so that his spirit may flow in your life. And so whether you are here, whether you are watching online,